keeping the oath to the Constitution. Welcome to Whistleblower Wednesday on the Rob Mana Show here at Red Voice Media Live. And uh, we give you the facts and the truth. You can make up your own mind about what's going on in the world. And folks, the U.S. military was and is famous for its victories in our nation's many wars, culminating in a spectacular triumph against Germany and Japan that ended World War II. What began, though, with a muddled mess that was Vietnam and continued through the war on terror in Iraq and Afghanistan, American military leadership, which used to be the world's envy, has fallen into complete disarray and disrepute. Most recent in this debacle of the pullout from Afghanistan, with the ensuing deaths and mayhem, confusion and loss of billions in equipment left behind, not to mention the betrayal of our allies, that were left behind. Uh, and while true that the pullout from Afghanistan was ordered by President Biden, no military leader owned up to the complete failure to plan adequately for the pullout. No senior military leader was courageous enough to warn President Biden of the unmitigated disaster that would attend to the abrupt pullout. No senior leader took responsibility for this mess the most senior leader to publicly document the gross failures of leadership at the highest levels was a Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel whose reward for telling that truth, get arrested. Those words were written by my friend, retired U.S. Navy Captain Brent Ramsey in his introduction to the book we're discussing today. That's right. That Lieutenant Colonel was arrested for demanding accountability among the general and flag military officers that made disastrous decisions and ultimately killed 13 young Americans with those decisions. Keeping your oath requires moral courage. And my guest today authored his new book, Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines as an active duty U.S. Navy commander, showing his courage to detail the failures in our military to keep his oath during the pandemic and all that followed. Uh, Commander Robert Green, uh, sir, welcome to the Rob Mana Show. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, uh, sir, uh, I'm very honored that you would write this book, quite honestly, as a retired commander, uh, senior officer in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, I honestly can't look people in the eye and say I would have made the decisions like you and, and some of these other highly courageous young men and women uh, have had to make decisions during this pandemic. I had no experience like this uh, in my 32 and a half year career. So, uh, so you honor me by writing the book and you honor me by coming on the show and I appreciate it. And I, and I, am, I am absolutely ecstatic that I get to help you promote this book because it's critically important, not just to the men and women in uniform, Rob, but, uh, but to America. Uh, and, and my first question that I want to get you to answer is, it's not about chapter one in your book. It's what did you learn about chapter two? Because it's titled Sons of Liberty. When you were, when you were writing that chapter, I know you did some research, but I'm very, I wasn't surprised to see a chapter titled Sons of Liberty in this book uh, when I read it, uh, but I'm really curious uh, when you went through writing that chapter, what you found out and more importantly, uh, uh, describe how you, how you apply it to today's world for uh, Americans of all ages and all backgrounds. Yeah, thank you for the question. And thank you for everything you've been doing 
uh, you know, not just with this book, of course, but everything you're doing with your show, Speaking Truth, the journalistic integrity uh, is is fantastic. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for everything you've done. Um, so Sons of Liberty is, is uh, it was pretty important for me as I was trying to figure out how to tell our story, those of us who went through the pandemic and saw unlawful actions from the highest ranking members of our military, um, it required a historical deep dive. It required us to go back into history and say, hey, where have we seen stuff like this before? Uh, complete government overreach, way out of bounds, and you know what happened before and why? how did they handle this, uh, our forebears? And so I went back to you know the 1760s and followed Samuel Adams, for example. He, you know, I, I talk about it a little bit in the book, but uh, the term whistleblower had not been coined yet. But Samuel Adams was writing extensively about what was going on with the British and their encroachments into individual liberty. He was warning everyone and and telling them, "Hey, this is going to get worse." And he was absolutely right. Uh, but what was most important about his work? was raising awareness and then getting everybody to get off of their seats and take action. And that's part of what I have tried to do with this book. I have tried to tie every chapter into what the the, the Sons of Liberty, our founding fathers were doing uh, in the situations that related that they were dealing with. And, and you know, those lessons are absolutely uh, paramount in order for us to win back our country and get us um, back to following the Constitution and the law. That's a, that's amazing. Did you, uh, uh, when you were looking at uh, folks like Sam Adams, uh, did you did you find uh, in their documentation uh, a lot of hesitance to take on their own government and their own people? Because uh, I know myself, even today, you know, I struggle with uh, what's happening in our country today with the government, not not necessarily the elected government, but the unelected uh, part of the government of the United States. And uh, I have to imagine that they had in their hearts similar feelings of love for their countrymen uh, that had to be overcome in order for them to see uh, through the cloud and the haze of, uh, uh, of to see what really needed to be done. Yeah, and not everybody was with the founding fathers. Uh, it required them to um, to motivate, you know, colonial Americans to what was going on, to the tyranny. Uh, and you know, the British made the mistakes. Um, you know, for example, they were quartering troops in uh, the colonial Americans' homes, and to, yeah. to them back then, you know, that was the very last possible line of defense. You know, that that was where, hey, I don't have control over my own home anymore. Um, these people can come in and and violate, uh, you know, my family life and take from us and uh, and live here, um, kick us out. Like so, so that was the very last line of defense. And so, in many ways, the British pushed the American people at the time, the colonial Americans, into that rebellion that eventually won us uh, our independence from the British and uh, led to the Constitution. And so, we're in a situation now where. You know, we know a lot more about um, about medicine, about the human body, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, they they control every aspect of our homes. The federal government does uh, in so many ways uh, with technology and everything else. Uh, but at this point, 
you know, we're now down to the very last line of defense, our bodily integrity, uh, our bodily integrity and those of our family. And uh, the federal government is, you know, asserting a right to tell us what we can do with our own bodies, not let us make our own risk decisions, individualized risk decisions. They want to nationalize public health and uh, make it a one-size-fits-all thing, and that is absolutely unacceptable. It's ludicrous. And um, we have to take a stand here because there is no further retreat. There's nowhere else to go other than this last line of defense, our own bodily integrity. If we don't stand up here and if the American people don't wake up like our forebears did in the colonial times, then you know we're going to be in a much worse place than any other civilization in history. Yeah, I was uh, I was being interviewed by a print uh, reporter this morning, and uh, he asked me uh, uh, about where I thought we were uh, when it comes to you know people being angry at the government uh, uh, in today's society, uh, and uh, that is dangerous. And you know, uh, <laughs> I got to be honest, uh, my my instinct was to say, well, you know, when you look at the period from 1770 to 1776 in this country, uh, uh, you know, over, over half of the citizens had lost faith in the British governance, uh, which means all the way down to the local level. Uh, and, and by 1775, they were just mad. They were angry. The talking people were, uh, many people were done talking uh, and those kind of things. And, and quite honestly, I'm concerned that we may be approaching uh, that point. Uh, so I'm glad you put that in the book. Uh, and, and, you, and you weave this uh, this uh, line of thinking really throughout the story, Rob. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why I made the com one of the comments I did that every school child should read this book. It should be mandatory uh, reading uh, for every American, uh, really. Uh, and uh, since we still have government schools, we should mandate it. <laughs> <laughs> because because it's that important for people to understand and know what you and your colleagues that you talk about in the book uh, were not only experiencing, but how you were thinking about it, you know? Uh, and that's extremely important to, to understand that because moral courage, uh, that's where there's a dearth of it, uh, not just in our military uh, organizations, but uh, throughout this country now, and you saw that through the pandemic, I, I was personally shocked at some of the things that I heard and saw uh, attacks on people that didn't that decided they didn't want to be vaccinated for various reasons, uh, many of them religious reasons. Uh, and uh, uh, to hear some of the things that I heard, uh, I had always wondered how not the Nazis were able to get the non-Nazis, uh, the, the masses in Germany, the population that were just nice people, you know, and, uh, and those kind of things to do what they did. Uh, and that's exactly what was happening. And, and we just lived through that period. And you've documented this in a very effective way, in my opinion. Hey, uh, Rob, I've got to read an ad here, and then we're going to take a real quick break because we have to pay bills since we're a live show now. When we come back from the break, though, I want to talk about the unlawful order, why it was unlawful, uh, uh, in your first chapter, which really, you know, titled Enemies Foreign and Domestic, uh, talks about the oath of office uh, and the oath to the Constitution. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is being implemented as we speak. Don't be fooled. It's not going to benefit you. 
Act now before it's too late. Did you know the Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow start, started on July 1st, 2023? That's right, just a few weeks ago. So you better brace yourselves if you haven't figured it out. It's going to catch you off guard like it has many others. Your hard-earned assets are at risk, but there's a way to legally opt out of the digital dollar in time. How? With one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole, contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD right now. 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833-2USA-GOLD. That's right. Call right now, 833-287-2465. You can get it done. Uh, and believe me, you don't want to let the government control how you can spend your dollars. And with the digital dollar, they can do exactly that. They can even keep you from buying ammunition uh, because you won't be able to spend it. So call 833-287-2465 right now. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. for 10,000 service members as they fight against the Air Force's vaccine mandate in a class action lawsuit, the judge granting them protection from a punishment if they choose not to get the jab. Chris Wiest, one of the attorneys representing those service members, joins me now. Chris, how big a win is this for the service members? You know, the, the class action was a big win, and, and that came down in July. The bigger win, of course, was last Friday when the government took an emergency appeal and lost in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in a three-judge panel that basically insinuated—it's not a, a final determination, but insinuated that he was right, that, that there's systemic religious discrimination going on in the military, particularly in processing these vaccine mandates. And, uh, you know, it's a huge win. We had individuals who were reaching out that were facing imminent separation loss of long-term careers, loss of, you know, liberty in some cases. Um, and, and, you know, for them, these, these are folks that are 
put their lives on the line for our country, and um, you know, our government was treating them pretty badly, and, and we were able to halt a number of, of bad things in terms of uh, coming down the pike and keeping these folks in the service. Let's uh, deal in Air Force Reservist Joe Dills. He's the plaintiff or one of the plaintiffs in this suit. Joe, how big of a win is this for your religious freedom? Well, good morning. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. And it's a big one. It's a tremendous one. It's not just for me, though. It's it's big picture. It's for uh, uh, for the entire Air Force and hopefully the entire military community as a whole. But yes, absolutely. Appreciate you. Um Welcome back to the Rob Mata Show on Red Voice Media Network Live. RVM is where you get the facts and the truth, and you don't get government or corporate media propaganda shoved down your throats or get censored on it. Then you can make up your own mind about what's going on in the world, and that's why we exist. They're calling us the most dangerous network in America right now because we tell the truth and the facts Get on board. We're on Roku now, and we're coming out to all the streaming channels real soon. You can subscribe on Rumble at uh, Red Voice Media Network, RVM Network. Uh, and we're talking today with the author of uh, his new book, uh, Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines, uh, U.S. Navy Commander Robert Green. Uh, Rob, uh, in that little uh, cold open clip there, you know, I had to pick the Air Force. I'm sorry. 32 and a half years in Air Force, Air Force kid too. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, but the, the reason I picked that is that was one of the first victories in cases uh, that was, uh, believe it or not, very difficult to find any video clips of the victories in the court cases that denied this military vaccine mandate. Uh, but in that case, the judge actually alluded to, and there were a couple other around that case that came out with other services, that these orders were unlawful. Uh, and in your first chapter of the book, you go through talking about the oath to the Constitution uh, and what's a lawful <laughs> order uh, and those kinds of things. So take us, take us through that real quick. And how did you come to the conclusion that this order was unlawful uh, I mean, it took me a while to get there, and it was mainly from people on active duty that had studied the order and understood what the current laws are uh, when you're trying to force somebody to take a vaccine like this. Thank you for the question. Yeah, the Department of Defense, unfortunately, has a long and terrible history of experimenting on service members, experimenting on Americans um, for various things, um, including uh, fallout, nuclear fallout tests, um, you know, medical uh, diseases, they're being tested on, on service members, uh, the anthrax debacle from 20 years ago. And all of that um, caused Congress to put into law uh, specific protections for all Americans and, and for service members and too. They, they are included in that. Um, and so these specific laws were violated by our leaders um, specifically EUA product law, FDA licensure. Um, you cannot mandate a product that is uh, approved only for experimental use. And that's what we had here. Normal approval cycle is 12 years-ish uh, for a vaccine. Yeah. Uh, this was less than a year and um, no long-term studies. We had no idea what it was going to do to service members. Uh, and oh, by the way, no fully licensed product was ever produced for service members in those first nine uh, months to a year. And so, um, you know, you still can't find them anywhere. Uh, they're clearly, it's, a, it's an unlawful order. 
So I, I'll, I'll share one other item too uh, about all this, but you know, you and I both did this. We took an oath to mm -hmm. support, defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And I had always thought of a domestic enemy to the constitution being a, uh, a Timothy McVeigh, uh, some kind yeah. of terrorist, right? It, it's something that we need to thwart the same way we thwart foreign enemies. Now we are well prepared, well trained to defeat that foreign enemy, but the domestic enemy I've learned in the last couple of years is much more insidious than that. The true domestic enemy is the one trampling your individual constitutional rights. The, right. the constitution does two main things. It establishes the form of our government and then it limits that government. It enshrines individual constitutional rights. So if you wanna find a, a, a foreign enemy to the constitution, they're the ones violating individual rights. Yeah, uh, you know it's uh, it's pretty incredible. You know, uh, with you know the the breaking news today, since we're live, it's no big deal to talk about this. But the you know the uh, the IRS supervisor uh, whistleblowers talking about how the decision process was tainted uh, in the Hunter Biden prosecution case uh, at various levels. The, those gentlemen are highly credible. Uh, high, I mean, highly credible. Uh, they, they made the FBI whistleblowers uh, look like amateurs, these two gentlemen did. Uh, and uh, the, the, the frustrating part is that partisan politicians try to rip them apart instead of just listening to the facts that they give out, because that's what we have to do. And quite honestly, uh, when you have uh, governments that are taking away our rights, uh, government individuals that are uh, trampling on our rights, suppressing us, uh, censoring us, uh, charging us with crimes because we think an election was uh, not done right that just happened in Missouri. Uh, 16 citizens that were gonna be alternate electors and signed a letter saying they would do so were just indicted yesterday uh, because they disagreed with the 2020 election. That's, that's never been done before. Uh, in this country, uh, and uh, it's not the citizens that are the domestic enemies, folks. It's not. It's those that are trampling on our rights that are the domestic enemies. So don't buy into the propaganda coming from those entities that are trampling your rights. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, and you know, Rob, uh, one of the reasons why I'm so proud of you guys is that we are trained uh, uh, to not follow an unlawful order. You know, and the anecdote, the you know, the history of the Nazi army and Air Force officers and NCOs that followed orders uh, and tried to use that as a defense at Nuremberg uh, uh, is really the core idea uh, behind that training. Uh, and uh, this order, uh, I read the Secretary of Defense's letter. It says in the order that you you it must be a license, fully licensed and approved FDA vaccine. So if they're saying you are not following a lawful order uh, by refusing the vaccine, I think it's absolutely wrong uh, because the orders being given by lower commanders are unlawful if they're directing you to take a not a non-licensed vaccine, uh, and that's the unlawful order right there. Uh, it was a very interesting way they did that uh, from the secretary's letter, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was. And and there's a reason that uh, that that law exists. You know, we're not playing, you know, gotcha games with the law and trying to find right. some way, you know, to say, oh, well, I don't want to take this. I don't want to go along, uh, you know, and, and playing, you know, we, we call it sea lawyering in the Navy. Uh, but that's not what this yeah. is, because this right. is an incredibly important thing to understand that uh, the, the liability for an emergency use authorized product is is completely uh, everybody who does anything with this product is protected, except you, the individual who's asked to take it. And there's a reason that uh, that you would assume all that risk if you have uh, consent to do so. Um, you know, if you feel like it's going to protect you, you have a right to either consent or to refuse. Um, and if you remove that right, human beings basically become lab rats at the government who has complete liability protection. Uh, the the companies that produce this complete liability protection. No one yeah. is incentivized to make anything safe. And so, um, you know, because of all this, there's a reason that those laws are in place. And our senior military leaders, they refused to follow that law. They did not protect the service members uh, in their charge. Um, right. And so that's why so many of us had to speak up and had to say, hey, no, th this is enough. We can't we can't be doing this. Yeah, and that's the second thing that we're taught, especially as officers, uh, is you always take care of your people first. You know, you don't put them in unnecessary danger. You don't take unnecessary risks with them. You make sure they're fed, clothed, uh, they're in good health, uh, you know, and have good morale. You do everything you can for your subordinates because that's who accomplishes the mission. I, I just, when I put, try to put myself in the seat of some of these officers, uh, uh, commanders all the way down to, you know, the lowest level of battalion, company, flight, squadron uh, commanders. Uh, and I've heard stories from all of you guys. Uh, I've tried to interview as many folks as I can get my hands on uh, about this, including cadets uh, 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 from the service academies and the Coast Guard Academy. And it's just mind boggling. I cannot put myself in that seat as a commander. And I was selected for command uh, three times in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, so, so, so I've been there, done that, but I can't put my head around that. Uh, that those two facts: one, the unlawful order piece, and then not taking care of my people. Uh, and that's exactly what was happening. And it's just that's why I use the the phrase "dearth of moral courage" because it takes moral courage to stand up and be counted when you're a commander to your boss. You know. Uh, unless you're, uh, you know, a, a, a captain or a major or lieutenant colonel in command, your boss is usually not even present uh, physically at your location usually. So it takes extra effort to stand up to them and, and tell them the truth. And that just didn't happen. No, they were following the whims of politics. Uh, we saw that with uh, General Aris. Uh, to Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. Um, he gave in very good informed consent briefs, uh, letting all of the soldiers in his charge know that, hey, and, and Pete Chambers is a, a flight surgeon, he's a medical doctor, he's a Green Beret, a fantastic individual. And um, he knew that he had to get all of the facts, all of the risks, all of the issues to all of the uh, soldiers in his charge so that they could make mm -hmm. a properly informed decision about whether they wanted to accept or refuse the vaccine right. that they were uh, permitted to either accept or refuse by law. Uh, and when uh, he got uh, 3,000 of them with all the data he, he gave them, which, by the way, informed consent is the law. You can't just 
uh, you, you have to let folks know what the risks are. It actually said yeah. that in the law, right? Like the sentence <laughs> before it says you have the right to accept or refuse. And so he was actually following the law and the general uh, was was furious with him and said only six people of the 3,000 that you gave an informed consent uh, brief to got the vaccine, six. And, uh, and the general was furious. It was messing up his numbers. Um, mm. And Dr. Chambers told him, hey, uh, this is about, you know, the science. The science is not good here. This is not a good product, and it's very, very risky. They're making a good choice. General turns to him and says, it's not about the science. It's about politics. And that is what we have right now from all of our uh, senior leaders, especially the three- and four-star level. They are following the whims of politics, and they are not following the law. Yeah, and that has not changed. Uh, I watched the uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff nominee, the Air Force General Brown's uh, nomination hearing in the in the Senate Armed Services Committee last week, and uh, that has not changed. And I just watched one of my peers, Lieutenant General Rich Clark, the Superintendent of the Air Force Academy, stumble all over himself uh, uh, when he's just. Uh, uh, reasonably questioned in a very mild way uh, about the the Marxist uh, ideologies that he's indoctrinating Air Force cadets with that he's fully embraced uh, uh, and couldn't do it. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, unfortunately not changing uh, when it comes to that. It'll be a long-term thing. We've got to take another break, Rob. Uh, when we come back, though, I want to talk about how you came to this conclusion uh, that you should push back on this. Uh, vaccine itself uh, and, and uh, what your approach was to that. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network, Facts and Truth, Defending the Constitution with Commander Rob Green. We'll be right back. A shocking report in the U.S. military shows that more members died of suicide than of COVID during the third quarter of 2021. Last year, in the months of September to December, 163 members of the U.S. military took their lives. This includes 70 active service members, 56 reserve members, 37 members of the National Guard. On the other hand, 86 military personnel died due to COVID-19 virus from September till now. Now, this is a worrying trend, to say the least. If you talk about the entire year of 2021, 476 members committed suicide. This figure is far less than 2020, which saw 701 deaths due to suicide. According to U.S. media reports, this data has been produced by the Pentagon. A joint research by Brown University and Boston University says that unless the United States government makes changes in the ways mental health crisis is managed among service members and veterans, suicide rates will continue to climb. Beyond is now available in your country. Down
Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show live here on Red Voice Media Network. We're talking with author uh, of the uh, Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines book that just came out on July 4th, Commander uh, Rob Green. Uh, and uh, Rob, uh, I mean, that's one of the issues right there, uh, the suicides versus actual deaths that got my attention. Uh, you know, and I was one of those older people. Look, I have a military shot record that goes back to when I was born because I'm an Air Force uh, kid, dependent. Uh, and, uh, and, and other than the anthrax vaccine that I had also had to take, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I'd never had an issue with anything as far as a reaction uh, and those kind of things. So uh, up to this point in, in this pandemic, I was in that category of, well, uh, I'm 60 years old, I should get the vaccine, I'm a little overweight, you know, blah, 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 listening to the what I thought was uh, good medical information and those kind of things. Uh, but then this got my attention, the suicides versus the actual numbers from COVID. And it was about the same time as when we started hearing about the, the uh, database uh, being changed, the DMED database, which, uh, which uh, collects all this data on vaccine reactions and those kind of things. Uh, uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden, for five years, it was giving bad info. And uh, it, But it after it exposed that there were just in multitudes, orders of magnitude increases in certain conditions, uh, you know, after these vaccines started being given. Uh, where, where were you at? Uh, in your thinking when you, uh, and you talk about this in your book, uh, I just want the folks to hear it from you, uh, in your thinking uh, to, to decide to oppose this thing, uh, uh, what led you to that? And, uh, you know, you laid out a plan to actually get it done uh, that obviously was successful in some ways. Yeah, so, um, so many of the things that, our government, our military leaders did, uh, were prosecutions. Um, it was uh, significantly problematic. And um, w one of the things that uh, that led me to uh, deciding to take a stand on some of this uh, was the suicide information that, that you listed. By the time that Secretary Austin mandated the COVID-19 vaccine, there were uh, only around 30 deaths attributed to the actual COVID virus. Um, at that same time, during that same, at, you know, throughout that same period of time, there were over 800 suicides committed. Uh, and yet we are locking everyone down. We're reporting close contacts. We're contact tracing. Every commander has uh, owes reports, um, you know, every day almost on everything going on with COVID uh, and, and disease vectors and all that. Yet, uh, you know, we have, you know, 200 times, you know, more suicides, you know, not to mention all the suicidal ideations and the problems with the folks that have been, yeah. um, their mental health completely ignored. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share the story of Daniel, a Navy SEAL. Um, he did not get the vaccine. He was locked down. He was isolated. They were berated. Their badge access was taken from, you know, him and the other Navy SEALs. Uh, at this one, uh, on this one SEAL team. And uh, he was trying to get out. He was trying to get out of, of the military. Um, you know, we call it malicious retention. Um, and he was not able to get out. He was, he was not checked up on by his leadership. Um, and uh, he ultimately committed suicide. 
and it was reported to me by one of his uh, one of his team members, one of his shipmates, uh, that the very last duty he ever performed uh, for the Navy was doing basic lawn care maintenance outside the building he was no longer permitted to enter. And so this is the kind of egregious, um, horrible leadership that has led us uh, to the point where so many of us have said, we need to start taking care of people. We need to get this information out to the American people. And we need to push back on the lawlessness at our most senior ranks. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a heartbreaking story. And uh, it's just one of many, many, uh, you know, uh, folks, just so you understand, if you're a Navy SEAL, uh, and, and your badge access gets revoked from you. I mean, you're done. You're done. So you might as well get out. And, and uh, it sounds like there was some malicious activity going on with preventing him from getting out in a timely manner, too. And that's just heartbreaking. And uh, uh, and, and people need to be held accountable for this stuff, Rob. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, all the way to the decision uh, uh, to to do this. I mean, I mean, this virus in the end is uh, is really not much more than a bad cold, quite frankly, when it comes to the, the cohort that serves in the United States military on active duty uh, and most of the Guard and Reserve people. Now, there are some older people in that. Uh, but the, but, the, but the, the uh, disease rates and fatality rates and even even uh, even the rates of, uh, of, uh, of, of really heavily diseased that last for long term, uh, like a lot of the older people that have comorbidity, multiple comorbidities were experiencing, uh, it, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, you know, when you saw the response of the military to this thing, I questioned it from the very beginning. Uh, quite honestly, because of that, the information we had on the outside was, look, it's old people that ha that are overweight, have diabetes. You know, if you're younger, you know, if it's somebody with multiple comorbidities that are really bad, uh, yeah. But the military? I mean, come on. Who was making these decisions? Well, I mean, the administration, you know, makes a decision, and uh, our most senior military leaders you know, they, they should be following lawful orders. Um, mm -hmm. But here's the problem, is we showed them in hundreds, maybe thousands of, uh, of, of filings, memoranda, reports, complaints, we showed them where it was unlawful and how it was unlawful. Uh, and they ignored our documentation. They ignored our proof. They ignored us. And they followed this political agenda without... Um, even bothering uh, to um, to let us know that they acknowledge receipt and they're studying the issue. We just wanted a pause. Many of us, we just wanted, hey, let's take a moment to study this. Uh, but they did not. They went uh, full steam ahead uh, and, you know, they broke the law. They broke the law. They need to be held accountable. So we're doing the best we can. So many of us speaking out, um, you know, and, and I wrote the book to, to do that. And, and I've got a copy here. And you mentioned before, and I'll, I'll hold it up. You mentioned before about your endorsement, and it was so powerful. I want to read it uh, because this is what we need to have happen so that we can wake folks up. Um, this, this, these are your words. This book should be taught in every public school, every military basic training course, every military officer accession course, and have a place in every American family's home library. That is what we need to do because we name the names in this book, the people who broke the law, 
and we show how they did it. And we talk about throughout the book, the stories of harm, those family members, those service members who were harmed by our leaders who were following politics and their own careers, and they were not following the law, they were not protecting service members, and they were not defending the Constitution. Oh, and that, and that lack of defense of the Constitution hurt their people, all of them that were under these individuals' command, all of them. Uh, were their direct subordinates uh, in one way or the other, even at the Secretary of Defense level and the Commander-in-Chief level. Uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're only as good as the information that they're getting. Uh, so uh, at the beginning of this thing, uh, under the Trump administration, you kind of, looking back on it, I kind of have an understanding of where they were at. Uh, but what I hold them accountable for is, uh, is the lack of questioning. You, you, you mentioned it a couple of times. One of the things you, we have to do in, in decision-making is ask lots of questions, especially if we're making a decision about something that we are not professionals in. Uh, you know, I, I led, uh, I was a vice wing commander that was responsible for the flu pandemic that happened in the 2009 kind of uh, arena. And, uh, but these things that we saw this time by people in both these administrations, the most egregious is in the current one. Uh, I will tell you that. Uh, but a lot of those are the same military commanders. I mean, they're they're going to follow orders, and they should follow lawful orders. Uh, but at some point, you have to question and dig deep before you make a decision. Uh, and uh, there was time to do that uh, after the first few weeks, and, and we started, you know, really doing some research on this. And I just don't understand it, and I don't understand the lack of accountability now, uh, even now. Uh, and we'll talk about this in the last segment. Uh, I want to get your take on it and, and uh, let you talk about what you wrote about in the book about uh, uh, about uh, reinstating folks. Uh, you know, the, the chairman nominee that I spoke of earlier uh, would not commit to, uh, he would only commit to letting people reapply to come in. Well, I've talked to a lot of the people that I interviewed during all this, uh, and uh, 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 they were like, oh, hell no. Uh, hell no. I, I'm not going to do anything like that. Uh, now, it's a different story if they get called, emailed, and said, hey, we want to reinstate you, expunge your record restore your back pay if you were supposed to be promoted, give you a promotion, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 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 that's a different answer uh, than this, but he knows that answer that he gave is the one that's gonna keep them on the outside. And all of this in the middle of a recruiting crisis and, and within days of uh, the President of the United States activating 3,000 reservists because uh, uh, of the poor decisions that we're making over in Europe. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just absolutely incredible. Well, we've got to pay some more bills, Rob. We'll be right back. Uh, we'll, we will talk about that uh, vaccine mandate being rescinded here. Uh, talking with Commander Rob Green, author of Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines. I'm Rob Manis. We'll be right back. Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. 
Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. Act swiftly, Status of the 8,400 U.S. military personnel who got kicked out for refusing to get the COVID vaccine remains very much in limbo tonight. Congress, the President, and the Secretary of Defense recently rescinded the vaccine mandate for military members. But there's no decision yet about returning those troops to duty. Today, the Defense Department spokesman said they will not be getting back pay. Um, in terms of, of um back pay, uh, you're talking specifically on COVID vaccination. Yeah, um, what I would tell you is right now, uh, we are not currently pursuing back pay to service members who were uh, dismissed for refusing to take the COVID vaccination. More than 3,500 of those former military members have sued the DOD on grounds of religious discrimination. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show live here at Red Voice Media Network, uh, now known as the most dangerous network in America because we bring you the facts and the truth and you can make up your own mind without being uh, uh, having government and corporate propaganda shoved down your throats. Uh, uh, and we're not going to censor you if you make a comment on our uh, Rumble channel or any any other social media either while you're watching the show live and subscribe to that channel please we're talking today with uh, author of his new book uh, that came out July 4th defending the Constitution behind enemy lines uh, commander Rob Green uh, Rob uh, uh, just wanted to show the audience that that little clip there I mean there's a lot of discussion there are some things in the current uh, National Defense Authorization Act some amendments that have been made to, uh, to correct some of these things, but none of them automatically say, we will reach out, we are responsible here, and we will bring these people back in that wanna come in and we'll reinstate them, we'll give them their back pay, we'll give them their professional development back because it's a very tight timeline. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, the folks out in the, in the audience uh, may not realize it's a very tight timeline. Uh, once you enter the military, you're on a very strict timeline to get promoted to each rank. You have to have a certain set of experiences. And one, when that gets derailed for two, three years, it's very difficult to make that up without uh, intervention by the chain of command to set it right and reset your clock uh, or give you the appropriate promotion if you missed the promotion because of the actions that they did. None of that has made it into the uh, NDAA amendment process that I'm aware of anyway. I could be wrong. I uh, haven't had a chance to read the whole thing, but uh, the scuttlebutt is uh, 
that it's not. So uh, uh, I know you wrote about it in the book uh, and told a lot of these stories, uh, but uh, it doesn't look like there's any help on the way coming over the hill to me. What are you hearing? Yeah, the uh, the help and the hope is uh, is in each other, right? In the trenches. Yeah. Um, you know, I talk about uh, uh, you know in the book the title there. It's a story of hope for those who love liberty. Well, um, it's each other. The hope is that there are people that stood up. There are people that are willing to fight the tide of tyranny. Um, so yes, you mentioned the NDAA. Um, the the 2023 NDAA, in so many ways, was very unfortunate in in its timing and in its limited scope. Um, it was a right decision from a poly policy's perspective, but mm -hmm. um, so what it did is it enabled the Department of Justice, who was um, representing the Department of Defense in all of these court cases. You you showed a clip with uh, Chris Weiss before with the Air Force case. Um, the Department of Justice almost immediately ran to all these courts and filed a motion to dismiss because they argue that it's moot. The hmm. the vaccine mandate is no longer in place. So these cases can all be dismissed. No harm, no foul. Uh, you know, everything's good now, right? That That's what they did. Yeah. Well, that Air Force case, that got dismissed. The judge went along with it. Uh, the Marine Corps case, that was dismissed. The only class action case still standing is the Navy case. And we need the judge to stay courageous. We need um, the, we, we need a final ruling because if we do not get a final ruling in some of these cases or future cases that I'm sure we're going to bring, if we don't get final rulings, then you better believe that the DOD is going to be in, in, emboldened to do this kind of stuff again in the future. We need to stop it now. Oh yeah. Well, I, I suppose their argument is that it's moot because of the because the law was passed that the court cases are moot, but but really a large portions of those cases are about reinstatement, right? Uh, and that NDAA did not address reinstatement. It did not. Um, you know, we're we're in the midst of one of the greatest recruiting and retention crises in history, and yeah. um, and to have the Department of Defense unwilling to to entertain finding ways to bring back these people that already have the talent and the training. They're not going to have to spend two years getting them up to speed. Um, it, it can only be interpreted as, uh, you know, a politicized um, desire for self-preservation. It's careerism mm -hmm. and it's politics uh, before readiness. They're willing to destroy their own readiness rather than admit, hey, we might have made a mistake. Let's study this. So it's, you know, it's why we are speaking out. It's why I'm risking my own career as an active duty officer to come out, name names, and identify the lawlessness. Yeah, uh, I mean, my hats off to you. Highly, highly courageous, uh, Rob. Uh, uh, but it, but our discussion here uh, gives me a little bit of better understanding of why uh, uh, another person. You you read my endorsement of your book, and thank you for that. But it was my honor to do it. Uh, because this is a, it's it's just so important, folks. Uh, you got to write your congressmen and uh, and your senators and the president and tell them uh, and the Department of Defense, the Secretary of Defense, and all the secretaries of the of the services. They're all political appointees and political people. So write them, tell them what they need to be doing, and that you're pissed off about it. Uh, anyway, but uh, uh, much bigger names have endorsed your book than old Rob Manus here. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. used a phrase in his endorsement, this is the last stand. Uh, what did he mean by that? 
Yeah, so he's been fighting in the area of medical freedom for a long time. Uh, yeah. And I think he understands well that, uh, that the military is where this battle is going to be fought. That's where the government thinks they have the most control. And if we know anything about our federal government, is they want power, they want control. Um, and, and what does that mean? That means you don't have as many individual rights as you thought you did. And so he understands that, it, you know, this is uh, the last stand uh, here in the military. If we can't win this one, um, you know, that, that line of retreat, there's no other place to go. This is it. This is the last line of defense. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, of uh, another phrase that somebody said, I think it might have been President Reagan, that if we lose freedom here, uh, there is no place left to go. Uh, and, uh, and that's why it's so critically important that we get this book out, we get the word out, we encourage people to step up, uh, have the courage to to push back, you know, even if it's to uh, to your local doctor that says, I need you to wear a mask uh, uh, or uh, I'm not going to see you if you're vaccinated, push back on them, uh, folks, legally uh, and, uh, and in public, too, uh, because uh, as much as I hate it, public shaming actually does have uh, impact on some of these people uh, that uh, uh, because they don't think you're going to do it, do they? Uh, well, you know. We're both military officers. Uh, we don't wake up in the morning saying, hey, you know, this commander uh, or this uh, NCO, Command Sergeant Major or Chief Master Sergeant is going to push back on an order publicly uh, and do it in a way that's legal uh, and appropriate and do it for the right reasons, uh, uh, which is uh, there's only one reason to push back on an order, and that it's and that is that you've determined that it's unlawful and you really can't follow it. Uh, a lot of these uh, uh, refusals are religious freedom-based uh, uh, refusals. And I, and I think, uh, you know, uh, of our civil rights, when I think about our rights, uh, uh, the freedom of conscience is, uh, and the freedom to think what I want, uh, you know, especially about uh, my religion and my faith, is, and when it comes to to intersecting with uh, my duty, uh, is 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 like the foundational idea of the United States of America that came out of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, it really is the foundational jewel, uh, and we must protect it. But uh, but religious exemptions. I, I've looked at the numbers. They're minuscule, and the ones they did uh, across the services, there must have been an order somewhere that said, you can do some now, but do it for people that are retiring and their enlistment's up, et cetera. They're on their way out anyway, just to make it look good. Uh, uh, that's just wrong. Yeah, we speak a little bit about that in, in the book. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we saw that with the, the Navy. They had a process to deny every single one. The Air Force... You know, we have a, a filing in court um, from someone who um, who reports that uh, Secretary Kendall had ordered all of them to be denied. Um, but here's the thing. You're ready for the name drop. Uh, Admiral Christopher Grady was where I received the first unlawful order of my career uh, under his authority uh, from, you know, he was then commander of Fleet Forces Command. Uh, it was an order to not attend re indoor religious services. And I knew that I could not follow that order. 
Um, you know, I, I, I was directed to sign a document that said, I will abide by the following, uh, including uh, the order not to in attend uh, indoor religious services. I took that document, um, asked, it, uh, asked for the editable version and changed it to, I acknowledge the following order, uh, essentially daring my chain of command to prosecute me if they think that, you know, they can trample my, you know, First Amendment religious freedom rights to not worship God. Uh, you know, that that is fundamental. It's a cornerstone of both the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. Um, and, you know, that was in early 2020. Admiral Grady tipped his hand that that's where we're headed. Um, and, you know, of course, we saw uh, more than a year later uh, them follow up on their trampling of individual uh, constitutional rights, especially in the area of religious freedom. Well, Rob, we've got to go. I'm out of time, unfortunately. Uh, it, but uh, thank you so much for doing this book and, and for giving me the opportunity to do my small part to help get the word out on it. Uh, uh, real quick, 20 seconds, where can folks find the book and find you if you have a place on social media? I, I try to avoid social media as, as much as possible, but Skyhorse, fantastic publisher. Uh, you okay. can go there to find it. Uh, thank you very much for everything you're doing. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you for your service and uh, keep up the good fight. Keep up the good fight. All right, folks. Uh, uh, Red Voice Media, the Rob Maynard Show is now live, 7 p.m. Eastern. We've got a whole new lineup, uh, but RVM Roundup is just before my show. If you want to get fired up and get excited, go watch that and then settle down for the Rob Maynard Show where we bring you the facts and the truth. And apparently, we're the most dangerous network in America today because of that. Uh, and uh, that's very interesting. I'll see you tomorrow. It's Truth Thursday. We'll talk about talk with some United Airlines pilots. Once again, former military officers that are taking up the standard of freedom and fighting against this tyranny. Oh,